I actually had a had a had a meme that I wanted to make, but I was gonna I have to do it in audio form because I thought of this to get real mad at some born again Christians when they tell us that like the Jews killed Jesus. I was gonna have the uh, the meme of SpongeBob saying, "Want to see me do it again?" <laughs> that was the part of the joke I didn't realize was there until after I made it in the Osprey episode about load bearing Jews. I was like, "Well, whoever heard of that?" Well, one of them founded uh, Christianity. Um, <laughs> Are we good? Are we ready? I think we're Why good. I think we're good to go. Twitter timeline. Ugh. <laughs> Because oh, it's the Anti-Defamation League telling me about things I already know. It's it's my mother. It's my mother calling me. Did you hear about this? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I did. I did. My favorite thing is my mom discovering memes like 10 years after everybody else. And she's like, I found you a meme. And I'm like, Mom, I love you so much, Bobby. Right, let's do this. Let's talk about trains fucking up. All right. Oh, well, Jesus. Eating a cheesesteak. Sorry. The Hello? most Philadelphia podcast <laughs> on the fucking internet. What'd you get on the steak? Did you get, uh, did you just get, uh, onions and, uh, provolone or what? I did onions in American, actually. What the? You know, that's fine. I'll buy it. No. The thing is, I mean, American no, is fine. So Americans the, the fine. Real, the real one that's bad was when Scott Walker, what's his face, oh, came in and he, like, he ordered Swiss on a cheesesteak. Like, what the so fuck are you carry. doing, man? Oh my god. Didn't Carrie order, like, brie or something? Or was that, like, a, a, a meme? Who the fuck has brie? Who in this what, city Carrie, owns I guess? any brie cheese? No, I think, I think <laughs> Carrie did order Swiss. I forget what Walker ordered, but it was something stu- stupid. It may have also been Swiss. I don't know. At least you could like make a case, like, oh yeah, I, Swiss is my favorite cheese from the great dairy state of Wisconsin. But then he kind of just shit it in his own hands. Mm. Also, uh, I would like to take this moment to say on record that ketchup and mayonnaise on a cheesesteak are good and fine. And at Tom Payne in the who I know is going to be mad at me in the Twitter comments later. I'm I'm sorry about your baseball team. Okay, I'm sorry Bryce Harper isn't working out. <laughs> great guy, great guy. Love that guy. But uh, <laughs> some real interesting sports opinions. All right, so you good? I, I, yeah, I you finished the cheese steak. Stuffed the whole thing in your mouth. Yeah, I just stuffed the whole. I just <laughs> de- deep throated that cheese just steak. Yeah. I oh. that cheese steak. Oh, really oh. All right. Was that squish? Was that was that squishing noises there? That was gonna fit the cheese steak in. No. <laughs> I just, I, just like compressing it like yeah, a yeah, exactly. Welcome to hydraulic press channel. <laughs> I'm just imagining you rolling it up really tightly and then inserting it kind of in a transverse manner into your mouth, just kind of get it in, and then it then it pops open once it's behind your teeth. <laughs> I I am gonna pop it actually. <laughs> That's a shame. Thanks for nothing, Gareth. Our guest has killed me. I suppose you're the, you're the Just, third host Justin now. Has already died of <laughs> cheesesteak poisoning. Liam has now died of disgust. It's just me and Gary. Actually, I will tell. Uh, uh, disgust is not an emotion I feel very often. Okay, like I'm a disgusting <laughs> piece of shit myself. But let me tell you, if I'm saying, "Oh, that's disgusting," you have probably liter- literally pooped on my clothes at some point, which happens. Which happens. <laughs> stuff stuff goes wrong. <laughs> Right, this is the UK podcast now. This is Alice and I. Yeah, uh, that's right. Arguably a Scottish oh. podcast, actually. 
Uh, yeah, that's right. We've uh, we've we've taken over from you. Yeah. Come on, you boys agree in just nine hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I should have a drop for that. Actually, I do have a drop for that. Yeah. So, um, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. Welcome to Well, there's your problem. The podcast about engineering disasters with slides. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was all yep. of us on the bagpipes right there. Yes, we're all <laughs> yeah, we are very uh, talented. Well, welcome to Well, There's Your Problem, podcast with bagpipes. Uh, I'm Justin Rosniak. I'm the person who's talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. Uh, I'm Alice Corval Kelly. I'm the person who's talking now. My pronouns are she and her. Oh, I'm Liam Anderson. I uh, <laughs> oh, didn't I'm, see you there. I'm, 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 the, I'm the least good third of this podcast, uh, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm also the angriest third of this podcast, and I wanted to take this time to not apologize to anybody in the YouTube comments who got their feelings hurt. Be mad at the people who designed your shitty bridges and structures and walkways <laughs> and stuff. Don't be mad at me, just a guy making jokes. I di- I'm not the one who killed your family in Minneapolis. I'm not the one who choked away the NFC championship game. I'm not the one that got the stars moved to Dallas and where they immediately won a cup. You're dumped. Oh, 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 you, you drafted Carl Anthony Towns number one. Oh, it worked out. It worked out real good. And Andrew, oh, no, I'm not responsible for your dumb sports decisions. I'm not the sum for your bad fucking bridges. It's not my fault, okay? Pick a fucking book. Go read a documentary for all I fucking care. I'm, I will never, ever change my, my demeanor on this podcast, except when I have to get very serious when we talk about, like, the failings of institutions, none of which I am responsible for personally. As a Jewish person in control of the universe, yes. <laughs> Me personally, no. I love so much that the first five minutes of this podcast are what Liam gets instead of therapy. Uh, I listen I see a psychiatrist because therapy you might have to edit this for a lot of people is just validating your worst impulses for 150 bucks an hour yeah whereas you can like validate your worst impulses for a lot less than that with our Patreon yeah two bucks a month and soon we'll have shirts Roz, if you don't get the shirts printed soon, I'm going to buy a screen printer and do it myself. <laughs> they will have spelling errors. They will say mean and libellious things about you. But we're in America, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we have a guest. We have a guest today. <laughs> yeah, we have a friend of the pod. I was just waiting for the. I was just waiting for that to be the next bonus episode on therapy. Um, hi, I'm Gareth Dennis. I'm a rail engineer, and my uh, pronouns are. Uh, he and him. All right, we've done Gareth it. We've done, we've done introductions. We've only been recording for nine minutes. Do you not want to talk about Gareth doing the Lord's work on HS2 in the trenches? Oh yeah, right. How, how goes the, uh, the 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 epic battle against XR? Oh god. Well, did you see that they recently announced that they're not socialist? That was a really good one. Yeah, they did. They did, they did a Twitter and they said, uh, "We condemn. We do not." It was like we condemn or we don't agree with this placard, and it was uh, it was something fairly like inane, saying with like if if you have a bit of socialism, there's a chance you might save the planet. And they yeah. were like, "No, we condemn this." No, yeah. and and what what they did, Extinction Rebellion. What they said was, "We have faith in in the people, which is not socialism, and we think that we should uh, like determine policy by sortition, which they use." And this was their example to do jury service already, a thing that famously works very well. <laughs> Jesus, no inequalities. The thing is, they saw like the conservative party has a tree in their logo, and they're like, "That's us." 
with yeah. Tories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the last big thing that happened was uh, Chris Packham, famous for uh, well something. Uh, he uh, he 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 got a court case which he lost, but the fact that he lost it is now being used by the government as precedent to support their like four thousand miles of tarmac stupid road building program. So uh, that isn't praxis. Hmm. The opposite. It's bad. Awesome. We're doing the same thing in in Pennsylvania where our traffic engineers just get people killed sort of as a hobby. And it's just like, or, or, and hear me out, bring back the fucking trolleys. Said run the Pennsylvanian more than once a day. I just, I don't understand that. I want to go to Pittsburgh. Like, let me fucking go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> what? Oh, also our new Patreon tier, I think is obviously, uh, we, uh, become donors and take over Amtrak from the inside. Yes. And we, uh, yeah. Okay. So cool. We're on the same board. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, let's talk yeah, about we, trains we, and shit. We yeah. become a train company. Is what yes. is what happens. And speaking of trains, what you might see on the screen in front of you is a train, right? Yep. But it's kind of gotten all well, smashed up in several ways. Is it supposed to look like that? It's I, I, I do see the guy like in the top right wearing a safety high vis though. So this is fine. Everything's going to plan. <laughs> good point I, mean, yeah. I can't see his face but just based on his body language i just imagine him kind of like hands down at his sides just totally defeated looking around like wondering when lunch is wondering mm-hmm. who's gonna clean this up just like i just want my mediocre cold sausage <laughs> it's the posture of a man who is looking at those rails <laughs> and is like someone's gonna have to like fucking replace those uh, see, I see. I don't want to set the tone too early, but I, I reckon that guy was just like a hedge trimmer guy. <laughs> uh, he seems to have like the like the, the the mask over his face, and he just, he's looking down because he's just holding a hedge trimmer, and he's almost oblivious. Uh, that's sort of the <laughs> I, gotta go to work, gotta do my job. Yeah, yeah these yeah. hedges ain't trimming themselves, baby boys. <laughs> <laughs> gotta trim the hedges, derailment or no? Uh, no, but what we're gonna talk about today is the great heck uh, derailment of. 2002, right? Yep. Justin, um, what did you call the slides for this episode? Uh, I, I called it Great Heckin' it. Pupper. Yes. Alright, you are... <laughs> Roz, I regret to inform you, you were going to be shot at the conclusion of this podcast. <laughs> Before we talk about this, we should talk about the goddamn news. <laughs> Joe Kennedy the third lost. Yes. Yes. Ed Markey is taking the Democratic Party back into the left. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that was that too soon? Yeah, you know what the shitty thing about the Kennedy assassination was beyond sort of the death of innocence for an entire country? Mm. Uh was that it was my dad's 17th birthday. Huh. Uh, and really just ruined like, his passing. Every huh. so often, he'll bring up like that his birthday was ruined. <laughs> like, he'll just be He's like, "Yeah, like, you know, tragedy for the nation." And just like, and he had the audacity to get himself killed. And I just like, I don't think that's you know what. Sure, one of the yes. worst crimes the CIA has committed: ruining your dad's birthday. He doesn't get yeah those bastards. Didn't your dad try and get like a uh, freedom of information request about all, everything they had on him and they just delivered like boxes and boxes and shit or something? Oh, no, it's a privacy act request. Oh, yeah, it was it was it was it was a big one. 
I, I, uh, the statute of limitations long since being expired. Uh, yeah, my dad, and actually I'm going to tell the story because my dad, uh, can't get mad at me because he's not a practicing lawyer anymore. So my dad, many years ago, uh, was at the white house protesting the United States and Vietnam. And there's a picture of him, which if I can find it, I will upload of him holding the NLF flag in front of the white house rules. <laughs> right before he got detained. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, RIP the Kennedys. Maybe maybe they'll take this opportunity to go somewhere other than Cape Cod. Oh, did you see the tweet that was uh, it was like it was a whole article that was like in getting owned, Joe Kennedy has liberated his family from a political legacy they've <laughs> long been trying to escape. Have they though? Have <laughs> have, have, have they? they? I was about to say you don't have to run for office. Yeah, some of us go Try, through life to, without running from for office at all. <laughs> Try, trying to escape my political legacy Roz, you by ran for the you ran for office. The Hotel. No, hey, hey, Roz is a fucking hypocrite here. You ran I, for office. I also won that office. Yes, I, I, I am a Democratic <laughs> committee person Justin for the twenty sixth ward. <laughs> Kennedy. I think that expires <laughs> this uh, this year because it's kind of a meaningless position. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on your precinct captaincy. Oh, I'm I'm not that high up. <laughs> <laughs> gotta start from the bottom, baby. Yeah. What you've got is you you've got the like politics level one job from The Sims, where it's like ballot stuffer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I miss good Maxis. Yeah. yeah. All right. In other news. Gay train. Gay train. Gay There's a gay train. train now. Yes. I don't know anything about this. Gareth told me uh, to put this in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you to put this in. Yeah. Um, lots of people who have opinions are very angry because uh, a train that was going to get stickered, new stickers put on it anyway, got new stickers put on it that are, um, that are colorful and mean things to people who aren't right wing. So, uh, so yeah. And uh, so, like, Piers Morgan, uh, like, shot himself over this. That was, that's always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia Harley yeah. Brewer was the other one, although yeah, she yeah. unusually she backed she backpedaled on this, she which is not quick too. Yeah, yeah she, she's normally kind of like uh, one of these like right wing rabble rousers, and like within a few minutes of like c- kind of like sticking her like finger in the hornet's nest of railway Twitter, she was like, "Well, I don't actually mind that the train is gay. I just think that it, it's you know, it, it, is this a good use of resources?" And you know, got owned some more. I'm, I, maybe I was they... impressed by the backtrack because I, I, I kind of uh, like to imagine that she just like opened up Twitter after like three minutes of going to do whatever <laughs> yeah. else. I just hundreds of comments from like communists who would be perfectly happy to have her head on a stake. Mm-hmm. Like just being like, don't insult the train. Don't insult the train. We know where you live. Don't insult the train. <laughs> my, my favorite energy in this, and uh, for, for fear of being a bit too solemn, is when the like fairly like middle of the road train spars are like, fuck you, LGBTQ plus rights are good. I'm like, yeah, you'd go totally mm-hmm. like anarchy person stood on the end of a platform. Yeah, yeah. 
We got the nerds. We we got the people who stand way too close to level crossings with DSLRs. We got them on side. And the other thing is that they're um uh the train operator, Avanti, is doing a competition to name this gay train right now. Uh so if you want, you can go onto their website and you can suggest a name for this train. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been pushing the idea of progress because, you know, reasons. But there are lots of nice ideas. It's been great. It's actually a positive thing. It's just like good news. But also uh, making Piers Morgan angry is also good. So Yeah. Uh, the name I suggested for the record was Roger Puta, who was this uh, American railroad photographer. Since, you know, gay and also, you know, railroads. Yes. Um, and I, I thought it was I thought it was a nice idea. So we'll, we'll see what they decide. And in the meantime, here is to triggering the libs, I suppose. Maybe they could maybe they could moderate their position and they could do another wrap of the train that has like I don't know like the the bush camo cans with like the you know, the well, bright, you know bright funny orange is that, like, hunting train. Before this, these same trains were like because um when Virgin Trains lost their their operating license, um they they were gonna restick at these anyway, and that just kind of was in limbo for a while, and so they were just plain white. So there literally was like a straight rights train for a while, <laughs> where it was just beige. Yeah, full full like white cis train just bouncing around. Mm-hmm. What's really so? Another good thing is these. So these are these are class three ninety pendolinos, don't you know? And uh, the the nickname of these, which is officially in my encyclopedia of railway chat, which is behind me on my bookshelf, uh, they're called bendy dildos. Because <laughs> 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 these are these are tilting trains. So these were the successor to the the APT. They're uh, called articulating dildos, Gareth. Please, uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> be serious, please. <laughs> yeah, as a technical point. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Benny Dildo's got color. (laughs) Nice. All right. (laughs) So now that we've talked about trains, we have to talk about trains. (laughs) (laughs) This really just sums up the podcast, doesn't it? Infinite loop, infinite loop, infinite loop. So now a couple of times on this podcast, we've talked about the West Coast main line, right? And that's the one that sort of goes out of London, and then it goes to Birmingham, and then it goes around, it goes to, what, Liverpool or Manchester? Maybe it goes straight through. Yeah. The, through. It, go, it goes up, and then it goes to Glasgow, right? It, it is that curvy as well. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just <stop that. laughs> So, now, in addition to having a West Coast main line in England in the United Kingdom, there is also an East Coast main line. Yeah, there's which two is, coasts. Yeah, there's two coasts. In fact, um, England, notably not landlocked, actually. Mm. Oh no, it's, it's kind of an island, actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And so this one, this one is the good one. Uh, yeah, this where is it's the, like built it, built with such ideas as straight lines. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's revolutionary. Uh, yeah, it's nice seeing York slap bang in the middle there. I'm waving. Oh yeah, this this is the one I have been on, as opposed to this one, which I haven't. I have in fact been at least as far as York. Anyway, so yeah, the East Coast Main Line had this revolutionary concept of straight lines, um, but it also went through places where people don't live, as opposed to <laughs> yeah, the West Coast that's Main that's Line. How you can do the straight lines? You don't have to join up all of these like medieval towns. 
you can just be like, yeah, we're just going to bore through this mountain and like just go yeah. to York in a straight line. It's also, yeah, we got it, it's the flat bit too. The East Coast is flat. That makes life kind of easier for me as, a, as an alignment designer. <laughs> That's the less funny uh, answer, I'll admit. But, you know, <laughs> uh, there are still tunnels. Uh, and it does, you know, there are also famous curvy bits like Morpeth, which is an, in and of itself another episode for you, guys, for you all to do. The Morpeth curve. Anyway. Yeah. All right. It's so, like a 90 degree bend in a 125 mile an hour railway. It's what exactly the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And it sprayed sleeper trains through the adjacent bungalows on successive occasions. That's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, that sounds like the uh, Northeast Corridor north of New York City. Um, yeah, that's true. North of New Haven, really. Um, Wait, it's kind of, it reminds me of the, um, North uh, in China they call, them, they call them nail houses, but they're like guys who just will not sell and can't be made to like be compulsorily purchased. And so you just have like an enormous building site with one house in the middle of it that they can't touch. Yes. Yes. I, I love that. Just like building highways and shit around. It's like, you'll never take me alive, assholes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you cannot make this inconvenient enough for me to live in. That <laughs> I will stop doing it. Fuck that, you. That is, yeah, that is more. You can see it on the map, actually. So you can see Newcastle, which is sort of three quarters of the way up. The next dot, you can see the 90 degrees. You can see it. So just oh, up, shit, yeah. 90 degrees, you can see it. Yep. That's it. The Morpeth curve. Huh. All right. Let, let's let's get this uh, rolling here. Okay, yeah. East Coast Main Line built by the North British Railway, the North Eastern Railway, the Great Northern Railway. That's different from the one in America. That was all consolidated into the London and Northeastern Railway in 1923 when they decided, what if instead of having a whole bunch of small railways, we consolidate them into four big ones, right? So yeah, it goes London to Edinburgh uh, via. Peterborough, Doncaster, York, Newcastle, all these places, right? <laughs> yeah, um, all, all of which are much smaller. Yeah, and you sound enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it was on. It, it, this is generally faster than the West Coast Main Line. Um, this is where the Mallard, this 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 guy right here, uh, did not set the speed record. What? What? Nothing. No, it Go did on. hit the speed <laughs> no, record. It what? No, it was the speed no, it record. Did. No, it didn't. No, no, no you yeah, it did. Nope. Yeah. We got the moon. Give us this one. <laughs> That's fair. You, Liam, you got, Liam's you, a T one truther. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teach the controversy. <laughs> so yeah, it hit 125 miles an hour halfway between Granham and Peterborough um, on July 3rd, 1938. Um, it has historically been operated with locomotives optimized for sustained high speeds, like the uh, you know the Grizzly Pacifics here, the Flying Scotsman, the Deltics, stuff like that, right? And in the 1980s, they fully electrified the line, and as a result, they needed a new fast electric train. It's smooth, quiet, and an altogether delightful experience. <laughs> mm -hmm. God, I love that thing so much. In fact, I love everything that's on the screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the guy in the brown jacket. Sorry, I'll shut up, Russ. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we did it. We did an advanced passenger train episode, um, and 
sort of. Yeah, but the, sh the short version is uh, British Rail decided to try and make a world class sort of TGV or Shinkansen equivalent uh, advanced passenger train. They put too much stuff on it and it was a dismal failure. Not really due to the technology itself, but due to the sort of corrosive field of failure that Britain emitted at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I think is only embodied perfectly by the fact that actually there was a spin-off that came out of it, which is this, the Intercity 225. But they called it the Intercity 225, even though it was nothing to do with the Intercity 125, which was the diesel thing that people probably remember. Uh, and um, just because the the brand of APT was so toxic, they were like, no, nope, let's ditch that. We're not calling it that. What's what's good? Okay, Intercity 225, mm -hmm. boom. Yeah, because the, the, the APT was driven by a power car that was like in the middle, right? Which is what's up here, right? Yep. And then what they decided to do is, well, what if we put a cab on that? Um, and boom, we had the class 91. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, the, um, you know, they, they, they took out all the tilting garbage and all that, and they made it run with conventional coaches. Um, it's got some weird features. It has, so on most trains, the traction motors, those are the actual electric motors that make the wheel spin are mounted on the axles. On these, they're actually mounted on the body of the locomotive so that, you know, then you can, you reduce your unsprung weight, which reduces track wear. There's, uh, it's got underslung transformers that lowers the center of gravity, right? Um, but, you know, to a certain extent, like this, uh, this locomotive is kind of, you know, it's, it's a dumb brick that goes fast. Yeah, we you, called you know. it a muscle car on the APT episode. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> just, you, you put the large thing in the thing, and hopefully it doesn't like it doesn't have to do anything too clever, unlike the APT, which tried to do a lot of clever things. It was yeah, it was like this thing was um, this thing was amazing and it was it pushed the boundaries, but also it very much was it's still a local. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No computers happening here. The computer is, you know, made of meat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they printed circuit boards in it. Except it's biodegradable. They're on, yeah, they're printed on things that you could make like a riot shield out of. But yeah, so uh, it was Intercity 225 is supposed to go 225 kilometers an hour. Uh, it couldn't actually hit that speed because it didn't have cab signaling. Um, <laughs> which the APT did, and that, like mm -hmm. literally in an experimental stage with like dymo taped on speed limits. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty good, pretty good uh, train right here. Um, I like it. Uh, another another feature of this, you can see it's streamlined on one end, sort of. It's, uh, it could also go backwards. Do. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's up? <laughs> hey, it's the back end of a class ninety one. So, what's really weird is that so I've been lucky enough to be inside of one of these when it's pumping the juice and making the moves, and uh, inside the cab, it's identical on both ends. So you're actually in this cab on this blunt end, the number two cab, as they call it. It looks identical. It's got, got like the tapered dash and everything. So that uh, you know, unions. <laughs> I love, I love that it's called the number two cab. Just, <laughs> they weren't lying. 
We're, we're number two. We're number two. Uh, I first place is actually the first loser. He just didn't want to show off. Yeah. <laughs> so, in addition, on these intercity 225 trains, um, at one end there's a locomotive, at the other end there isn't. Right? So a lot of modern yeah. high-speed trains, either there's a locomotive at each end, or the power is sort of distributed through the whole train. Like, you have an electric multiple unit. It has motors on all the wheels under the passenger cars and stuff like that. Um, on the Intercity 225, the locomotive's at one end, and at the other end, we have this guy called a driving van trailer, Right? Um, which is just like, it's, it's, it's a van where they put baggage in there and then, you know, there's a cab at at one end, right? So it can, you know, it's a push pull thing. What what if we weld a cab onto a caboose? Yes. Mm. And of course, you know, here in the United States, we would call this a cabbage. A what? (laughs) Cabbage. Yep. Why? Uh, because it has a cab and it has baggage. Oh, and scavenge. Yes. We're not the idiots here. <laughs> what an elegant and subtle naming system. That's America, baby. Elegant and subtle. <laughs> overthinking that. We were both overthinking that. Yeah, I was thinking, why? Why? What? What? I was thinking, like, I was doing the like GIF of like math equations coming out of my head, and like, like brassic. What? It's like no it some sideways reference to yeah. What? 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 Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> merged. Cool. Yes. Then again, we're not really negotiating from a position of strength on this one, given that we just talked about uh, the bendy dildo, you know. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is just something that's common to, to railway people the world over. I mean, yeah, the, the, that encyclopedia I talked about is an absolute, it's a joy to behold. There is some absolute filth in there. It's good stuff. Good. Mm. It's like it takes me back to primary school days when the first thing you do when you get a dictionary, a, a foreign language dictionary, is look up all the Rudies. <laughs> yes. All right. So now Gareth has inserted many slides about crashworthiness here. No oh boy. Oh god, yes, I did do this. So, uh, oh yeah, there's a picture at the end, which is what I do, where I apologize for the fact that I'm about to talk about what I technically don't do, which is trains, because technically I do track. But anyway, here's a train <laughs> on its side. It's not good. It's not supposed to do this. Um, they don't yes. stop retweeting it. They mm-hmm. only do this when they're very upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so this is this is at Grey Rig in 2007. Uh, this was uh, the last time a, a high speed train um, did come off the tracks, um, apart from a month ago. But we're going to gloss over that briefly. Uh, so yeah, uh, next slide. So that there you are, picture. Okay, so we're going to very quickly go through crashworthiness. And okay, this is for the this is for Britain, but it kind of works everywhere else as well. So this is a Mark uh, One coach. It's it's old. It's it's really old. Um, Looks nice though. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Oh, it's so absolutely bloody thousands of these were built, uh, kind of in the fifties, sixties, and early seventies, um, including a load of multiple units. So like trains that that didn't have a low coat at one end. And the, in the nineteen fifties, they had like decent crashworthiness. Um, so they were basically a, a flatbed truck that was long, and then someone put a metal shed on it. 
Uh, and, and that figured for good crashworthiness in the 1950s uh, because, yeah, you know, pig iron is good. Um, <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're tougher else. than anything you run into. <laughs> exactly. Everything sure. else was made of matchsticks, so it plowed through it, happy days. Um, <laughs> so if you go to the next picture, you'll see we're not so much. So this is 1988. This is Clapham, uh, which is where the, it was kind of the beginning of the end for these. Well, I say that, but actually they kind of managed to survive until 2010. Uh, so not that good. Anyway, they're well past their use-by date. And I kind of think, okay, they're all fa- fallen over. They don't look too bad. So if you go to the next picture, not so much, because what you can see here is everything that remains of two or three of the coaches. Oof. Uh, so, That's yeah, kind of poorly. Yeah, full of commuters. So not, not the best. Uh, not the best. So, okay, Mark 1 coach, crap. So then we come up with the Mark 2. Here it is. Uh, and um, about 2,000 of these were built until the kind of mid to late 70s. So from 1963 to the mid to late 70s. So still a pretty old design. But if the, the Mark I was being built pretty much until the same time as well. So this was, you know, okay. If we've got the next picture, some more smash. Um, this is this is a, a college in 1988 as well. I don't know why the, the, the person decided that black and white would be edgier for this photo, but never mind. Um, <laughs> there were some Mark IIs in amongst here. But actually, there aren't that many crashes where Mark II's got tested. So, um, yeah, we don't don't exactly know how. I mean, they're kind of all right, I suppose. But um, Fing- fingers but, crossed. Obviously, the best ones because they never crashed. Well, yeah. this is it, exactly. <laughs> um, we've kind of got rid of almost all of them as well. I think now, um, and the the kind of so the oldest coach that we've got floating around now is the Mark III. Here it is. Um, this was designed in 1968, so it's not that new. Uh, in fact, it's really old. It's about a 50-year-old design. Um, about 850 of these were built until 1988, so they, they kind of last a bit longer. Um, they were pretty good crashworthiness. So the previous one, the Mark II, was the first sort of um, all-in-one, one-piece thing that was like a, a toilet roll rather than um, you know a shed on top of a flatbed truck. Uh, and this one expanded on that. So it kind of has, so this picture is good for explaining crashworthiness. So crashworthiness, you want to have kind of crumple zones at each end. So the bit where, so the, the, thank, yeah, thanks, Justin. So the, this is end. <laughs> point point gesturing to the ends here. Yeah, end, end, there we are. Then that, that can get smoosh um, and it absorbs energy. And we call that collision energy management, which is where if the train hits something head on, those bits smoosh and it absorbs lots of energy, which is good. Uh, so that was kind of, they were okay, except those were quite rigid on this train. And um, a bit like the, the, the rigid joints versus pin joints. In this situation, you don't want your train to be fully rigid and strong so that nothing... Yes, you do. Work. Yes, you do. Make them stronger. Oh, Just make them stronger. Make them better. You turn the passengers into, so that's fine, but you do turn the passengers into glue, uh, into gloop inside the, the coach, which is uh, well. Messy. You, you pay your fares and you take your chances, really, don't you? You, you? you can just use the. You can still use the train again, though. Yeah, you, know? you just hose it off. <laughs> People will reproduce themselves infinitely. Trains, you have to put work into those. <laughs> so. <laughs> So um, so these are okay when they kind of bump into something head on and stay on the track. Um, but if you go to the next slide, uh, again, uh, problems. So this is where, and this is sort of a, a bit of a theme for today. I, I don't want to put any spoilers in. Um, but uh, this train uh, was derailed by a Mazda, which the driver decided to commit suicide inside. Um, and in doing so, killed six people on the train, including the driver. Um, 
So uh, as you can see from this picture and, and the next one, um, this is after Nerva in 2004, by the way. So the next picture, uh, you can see that bad things have happened here. And these two pictures, one of them, the coach has folded in half. And the other one, it's been smashed to bits, probably by a bogey, which is one of the things that has the wheels attached to it that weigh quite a lot of tons. Uh, and the, these, these two features, so end-on strength is one thing, but these two features refer to things like rollover strength, so how strong your train is when it's not going in the direction it's supposed to. Um, and this is also impacted on, uh, on by uh, couplings, so the, the things that connect the train together uh, and how strong those are and how much those can survive in a crash kind of defines how much your train goes in all directions. And if it goes in all directions, these things can happen, which is, which is bad, right? Because yeah. um, if you're sat in the chair in the middle of Coach G, well, people, yeah, not great. You got um, folded in half. <laughs> yeah, you get folded in half. Uh, so so th those aren't good. So, so in the past, people always used to say, oh, the Mark III was really crash-worthy, um, and people still try and say this now. But the thing is, it might have been crash-worthy like 40 years ago, but it is not crash-worthy now because we have trains that are better than that now. Uh, in fact, the Bendy Dildo that we were showing earlier <laughs> is one that we – that, that's a good – it's pretty good crash-worthiness. Anyway, so Mark III bad now. Then we get on to – the Mark IV. Mark III bad, Mark IV good. Mark III bad, Mark IV good. Um, the Mark IV, it's, 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 it's pretty good. It's, um, this, this is the one that's, that was developed entirely for the, the InterCity 225, so the train that was up top. This one's blue and red because privatization happened. But uh, oh. yeah, oh. Boo. <laughs> 300, boo. 300 of these were built, uh, so not that many actually, uh, and they were built until 1992. So still kind of old, but much newer than the Mark III's. Um, uh, if you go to the next slide. Uh, oh yeah, so uh, there's only there'd already been one derailment at Hatfield, uh, just north of London. But actually, these performed pretty. The coaches performed pretty well. The couplers performed pretty well, so they kind of kept the train in line. Um, and actually, the bad stuff happened when one of the coaches hit an oily mast. But that's uh, at the back there. We don't have. Let's let's not worry too much about that at this point. Um, okay, weird bit of trivia. I, I hope I'm not going to spoil this bit of trivia for anyone else who's going to say it. But this loco that you can see here is the same one that's involved in today's uh, actual crash so cursed yeah, we're locomotive yes <laughs> haunted train yes so um so yeah if we go to the next one uh the next slide i think yeah so we have so this is this is then the future ish actually this is now quite an old train as well but you can see that the train has survived quite a lot better it's much more robust um it's the rollover strength is better that this derailed at pretty high speeds i think it was about 95 miles an hour that it came off so pretty high speeds um, yeah, and, and uh, also you'll notice that the, the cab is, is in pretty decent shape despite having hit things. So uh, generally, trains, as they get newer, we, we understand how to disperse that energy better, which is good, because then you don't either turn passengers into goo or uh, fold them up. Uh, this is all too counterintuitive for me. I very much like the idea uh, behind the Mark One of just make the thing stronger than things around it. And then, <laughs> yep. like, yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> That works up everything else around it gets stronger, which is a little bit what happens at Great Heck, actually. That's why you, um, you need to drive a sports utility train. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you get the higher ride height, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what the next slide actually is going to be, because uh, how have we weaved... Ah, oh, yes. Yes. So, um, this, yeah, so I wasn't going to talk... I'm not going to talk anything about this, other than climate change made this happen. But a lot of people. So this was a Mark. This was a, an Intercity One Two Five with a bunch of Mark Three coaches. Uh, and let's just say they did not perform well at all. 
Um, next slide. Uh, there it is. So that's that's what it looked like in the olden days. That's that's Britain uh, in the olden days of like the a thick year ago. Haze of like grime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very familiar sight to anyone who has visited our um, hallowed shores. And <laughs> um, so yeah, most people love this train, and they go on about it a lot, and they love it, and it's great, and everything. And and yeah, you know, it, it did some good things, but also to fifty-year-old design a train. So you got the next slide. You can see what fifty-year-old designs of train do when they hit things. Um, again, uh, it's gone poorly. Yeah, it's not gone well. So, you know, compared to modern stock, this this train performs absolutely awfully at a high or even medium speed collisions. It's it's a train that shouldn't be on the track anymore, frankly. Um, yeah, okay, next next picture is more bendy coaches, I think. Yeah, not it's not gone well. That's really not gone well. It's so they just gone have, full can opener. Oh, it's not yeah. good. Uh, and also, if you think of the driver who's like at the blunt end of, of, of things, if you go to the next picture, you can see uh, what the inside of the face of a modern train looks like. There's a, you can see the big girdery stuff. That's the crash structure that protects the, the, the driver sat in there, which is, you know, fair enough. The time uh, where you actually do want to just make it stronger because there's no crumple zone to crumple. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, that is a just make it really strong situation because, yes, there is no crumple zone. And you kind of think you're like, actually, we can submit the driver to high G's and they, they probably won't turn into uh, jelly. Um, yeah, and actually, this is kind of kind of a fairly old train now. So actually, the crash structure on newer uh, intercity trains is even more. Anyway, I've gone on enough about crash they structures. They've got, they got buffers that are now anti-climbers as well. Yes. Ooh. Yes. So they stop. So in the past, you had to, you used to have the thing called telescoping, which is where, particularly with Mark One coaches, um, the 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 really strong bit would ride up over the other really strong bit, and then it would turn the shed that it was on that was on top of it into dust, which is what happened at Clapham. Uh, yeah, so that's not good. So anticlimbers are good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and as you can see in the next picture, uh, the Intercity 125 doesn't have that crash structure. Here is a slice of one that was created by a freight train, uh, and there is no crash structure at all. Um, so not great. Got that anyway. uh, nice thick fiberglass, and then yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> absolutely nothing. So, um, so the, the point of all that was basically... Uh, to talk about crashworthiness. So the, the, the Intercity 225, so that the Class 91 and the DVT both have a pretty decent cab structure. Um, I was going to put a video of, of that in the PowerPoint, uh, but actually I already broke your PowerPoint, so it's a good job I didn't put a video in it. Uh, yes. right. I mean, the PowerPoint's still working. So Yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah. It is working. It's working. It just yeah. doesn't work on Google. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, that, that, that was my fault. Anyway, next picture, uh, I think. Yes. Post Okay, so here we can see there's like the, the, the pig iron steam train, which has actually a pretty decent crumple zone. It's just that it explodes if you go too fast. <laughs> uh, and then on the, on the other side is the Intercity 125 with, with Mark III coaches that aren't great and uh, a cab structure that doesn't exist. Uh, then you've got the, the Intercity 225 uh, that's here, that's uh, looking very nice. And then you've got the modern replacement, which is um, okay. It's a bit plasticky, but it's you know it's the future and stuff. Uh, and and that has an excellent crash worthiness, apart from when it derailed really slowly near Leeds, and all the coaches went everywhere, and we're still investigating that. And it's actually really scary. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was one of the things uh, after they moved away from steam locomotives. A lot of crews, at least on American trains, uh, would refuse to run the diesel locomotive short hood forward. Because they wanted that, uh, they wanted that extra in front of them. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, 
grab uh, an extra beer. I'll be right back. And then we'll talk about this. Get to look at some some lovely um, some lovely freight locomotives here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there they are with the big yeoman logo in the middle. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Because like you get this um, uh, weird collection of liveries um, where bits of like freight rail freight uh, become privatized and then reprivatized and then re re reprivatized. Um, so like. It, it starts out as what EWS in a nice well, red livery. Even before that, this was like in the pre. Like everyone says, privatization thinks of it as one big hit, right? In, mm. in, like, but actually, bits of bits of private operation were happening for years before, like even in the late eighties. So, like Foster Yeoman, I think, were they were running around with British, you know, on British rail tracks, but with their own trains. I'm stealing Justin's bit here, aren't I? Anyway, oh, yes, yeah. uh, I'm back. I'll just I, this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have to uh, talk about what is the class 66, right? Yeah. Okay. So, which which one of these is it? We you even took it's, a it's break, so one. you have a name that Pokemon thing. It's this <laughs> one. Yes. Let's see, get you. All right. Yeah, so. Right. What we got to remember about the Class 66 is it's an American locomotive. You're welcome. And <laughs> how did an American locomotive wind up on uh, Britain's and most of Europe's uh, as their standard diesel freight locomotive, right? Lindley sacked. We uh, won them the war. They took our good locomotives. <laughs> doesn't look that old. <laughs> yeah, just a- Alan Dulles, like, personally supervising, offloading a couple of dozen of these. These are our secret gladio trades. I'll never expect this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, when we talk about the Bologna train station bombing, did anyone investigate the trains? Mm-hmm. Uh, makes you think. They were all at, uh, like, uh, just weird Italian bullshit, probably. <laughs> Italian <laughs> trains are weird. Prosecco on it, Roz. I know, right? Italian trains are great, actually, but they're weird. Yeah, that's, that's fair. You get that nice, uh, what was it, the Italian early high-speed train, the Setabello or something like that, oh. which had, like, Italian restaurant curtains inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this company called Foster Yeoman, right? Uh, so Foster Yeoman was an aggregate company, right? They ran quarries and they ship rocks to people, right? Um, you want some rocks? We'll give you some rocks. Hey, um, welcome to Tony's Rock Depot. <laughs> <laughs> so they were the first company to run privately owned trains on the British rail network since nationalization sometime in, I think the mid to late 1980s, right? Um, Ooh. And they tended to run very long, you know, aggregate trains, gravel trains, right? And they needed something that, uh, for switching in their yard, shunting, I guess you would call it over, over there in Britain. Um, they needed a heavy-duty shunting locomotive, which didn't really exist in Britain, you know, because what they had were these Class 08s here. Yeah, they're cool. Do not talk shit about my favorite shunting locomotive. Good little baby. It's got the side rods. <laughs> yeah. They're just a steam train that someone poured diesel into the boiler of. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> they're awesome. This has about the same amount of horsepower as a, a minivan, 
about 350. <laughs> Liam's class 08 Patreon episode. It's going to sound that as torque as a cathedral. What? So zero torque is what I'm hearing. <laughs> it, can, it, it accelerates, can... sort of, and very slowly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they, they had these guys were shunning, and they were like, we need something a little more powerful than this. So they decided to go to America uh, to Electromotive Diesel or it's Electromotive Division back then. Now it's Electromotive Diesel. Well, now it basically doesn't exist. Um, and they sent them an off-the-shelf SW-1001. That's this guy down here. Big American locomotive. Well, small here, big over there. And it had 1,100 horsepower, so it's equivalent to... Three of three the, of the class three of the, 08s. Three of the class like 08s. the same length in a bit? Oh, no, this is like probably twice as long. Oh. Still <laughs> no. Yeah. So it, it proved to be exceptionally capable and reliable, right? They liked them a lot. And so Foster Yeoman was like, you know, I, we'd love to get some of these uh, EMD-based designs on our, um, on our gravel trains that we run out on the main line, right? Because... Back then, they were using these Class 56s over here. Which suck. They were kind of, yeah, they were, they, they were built in Soviet Romania, um, which uh, w- resulted in a few quality control issues. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Sometimes the door comes off. It's fine. Yeah, Stuff happens. Like, they, they would go pop a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just relied on a colossal, disgruntled British workforce to just sort of set them straight again. <laughs> Uh, and and the rock moving industry needed to move faster than that, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, 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 you need to have the train get hit with a wrench this number of times per well, you, mile. You got to deliver the rocks before they go bad. Anything from Transport Fever Two is that the rocks need to be there on time. Yeah, the rocks the the, the rocks have a strict expiration date. <laughs> What's that? What's that movie with the dog that has to go to Alaska to give the kids insulin or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one the, you mean. It starts with a B. Uh, um. Oh boy. Oh dear. I don't. I, I only remember the name of the town, which was Nome. Okay, I got this. <laughs> All right, you, 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 you guys go. I'll be back. <laughs> okay. Sure. There, there was a problem with using off-the-shelf American equipment on British railways, um, other than Foster Yeoman's own yard. Balto. It was Balto. Balto. Oh, yeah. yes. So I, I like the idea of, of you know, these, these guys just running a la Balto, like, we will get these rocks to you on time, sir. <laughs> just like having a sick kid who needs 60 tons of gravel. <laughs> <laughs> blowing through all the crossings at 120 miles an hour. <laughs> we will make it on time, goddammit. <laughs> so there's a problem with getting um, off-the-shelf American locomotives to run on the mainline British rail network, which is that the loading gauge is different. Yes. Um, nice. Terrific. Thanks, thanks for nothing, guys. Yeah. Just go right in. It's fine. Yeah, it's like 80% of my day job. So yeah, can confirm. <laughs> This was uh, one of the Foster Yeoman locomotives after it was involved in a runaway, um, and it hit a tunnel. And as you can see, the cab was unhappy. 
Um, oh, I need to. I need this picture. Oh my uh, god! I did not realize this had happened. Yeah. I was wondering where you got this picture from when I saw the slides. That's gauging in action. It's yeah. Amazing. That's fine. You, now you can just run it back again. It, it's yeah. been rebored. I was about to say they, they, they have fixed the loading gauge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've made the driver a full three inches shorter. Yeah. Oh, that aspect ratio is not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so what what Foster Yeoman did is they went to Electromotive Division and they said, could you take one of your SD40-2s, that's this guy up here, and could you put it in a blender and then could you put that in a sausage casing that fits our loading gauge? <laughs> and they did that and they came up with the Class 59. Which is an SD forty dash two sausage, um, <laughs> yeah, and it's and to be fair, still running. It's brilliant. Yeah, they called them the Red Death because uh, when they started introducing them with um, uh, like the red livery that the first ones came in, they just displaced a bunch of like. Uh, Bizarre British like experiments that train spotters were very fond of, and became this kind of like uniform cargo thing. You're welcome. Yeah, like twenty different <laughs> trains with a fleet size of like seventeen uh, that were all developed in modernization uh, in the fifties in a shambles. Yeah, yeah, and all you needed was an SD forty dash two. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> we saved you from yourselves, really. <laughs> it wasn't a happy time. So later on, they, they took this same shell, they replaced the 645 prime mover with a 710 prime mover. That's 710 cubic centimeters per cylinder. Um, and that was the class 66, which looks identical otherwise. Um, very reliable. A lot of the crews hate them because they're loud um, the, and they're hot as well. The Associated Society of Locomotive Engineers and Firemen threatened to ban people, uh, ban their members from operating the locomotives in summer uh, back in 2007, but I guess they must have put in a window air conditioner or something because uh, that labor action didn't happen. You gotta put in the thing that they put in Soviet attack helicopters where there's just a little desk fan. <laughs> We were uh, we were uh, on the porch at one point a couple weeks ago, and a guy drove by with his uh, super sweet van that he had hooked a window unit up to the back of. I was just like, ah, a man of genius and taste. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> this, is, this is the shit I want. <laughs> All right, so now we've talked a lot about trains. We have to talk about a car. Oh, boo. Yay. Is it a GTI? No. Oh, never mind. It's a Defender, but not one of the cool ones. It's not oh, a 110, it's a God. 90 with the short Land wheelbase. Rover people are the worst I like people. A Land, I like a Land yeah, Rover. Yeah, we know. You could have bought a Land Cruiser. That would still work after six months, but you didn't. <laughs> no, give me, give me the, the British engineering that oh, rusts the plucky And it just has a fucking shovel <laughs> that you can de fucking deploy out of the bottom with a Do lever. Do you guys remember the Falklands? We remember that. <laughs> 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 it's not real Land Rover if it doesn't have moss uh, forming a large part of the structural members. Yes. <laughs> yes. The doors fall off for weight reduction, but not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and pictures in that beautiful county blue. I even remember the name of the color shade. <laughs> wow. wow. So that is. <laughs> there was a man <laughs> named Gary Hart driving okay. a Land Rover Defender oh, on the M62, which goes from Hull to Liverpool. Um, he was going towards Hull. He was driving his Land Rover Defender with a trailer which had a oh, Renault wow. Savannah on it. Why? <laughs> I don't know. He had to, I had to move his Renault Savannah. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, I've, I've always desperately wanted a Renault Savannah. <laughs> what? I, I, How do you look at those two cars and yeah, are like, yes, yeah, the one that yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah. Do you know <laughs> who I trust? The, it's the French. It is the French. Yeah, I know. It's always going to smell like diesel. One seat will be missing seemingly have, for no reason. Yeah, the there's going to be a go weird light that goes on. on. You, you have to care. like look it up in the oh, manual. Oh, and oh, it'll be like, oh, the, the fucking oh, like bizarre, like idiosyncratic pneumatic suspension system has fucked up somehow. And just like one side of your car has like dropped at a 20 degree angle. Oh, I saw someone do that the other day outside the Fiddly Zoo in their uh, in their Mercedes S class. The front part of the suspension had clearly just collapsed. Yeah, and what had clearly happened before that is that he had lowered the Mercedes <laughs> suspension, <laughs> the incredibly delicate and complex self leveling Mercedes suspension. Uh, and I just thought, see, see, that's the Germans making everything needlessly technical and complex. You know who wouldn't do that to you? The French. It doesn't work, but it's not the suspension's fault. <laughs> <laughs> they also make their gearboxes out of straw. Oh yeah, the yeah. the 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 uh, you you open the manual to page ninety seven because you've thrown it on and it just says "fuck you, pussy." <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk oh, about really? how much I hate the new Defender? By the way. I and like it. That's no, my problem. No, it's look, look. The old Defender looks distinct, right? And it looks kind of like a Toyota Land Cruiser. But apart from that, oh, it's yeah, got so a, it looks a, distinct. Yeah, all right. It's got a distinct silhouette. The new Defender looks like everything. It looks like every car. Every That's car looks the cars same. Look now. the same now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. It's going for that. It's going for that like Wrangler new Bronco uh, sort of uh, retro future yeah. bullshit. I hate. All but they did, say. all they did, was they took the same car that everyone has, and they like squared off the back, but not fully because they're cowards. They like slightly rounded it off. It's shit. Uh, I hate I, it. I do like the goofy new rear glass panel. I think that Ugh. that's that's or not even the glass, whatever the the metal on the side, because it just looks. Because of course, that's the most Land Rover thing I can think of. Is just like I would put metal where it doesn't belong. I would put glass where it doesn't belong, <laughs> and. Maybe it'll leave you stranded in the Arctic, and maybe it'll get you there fine. Who knows? That's the fun. Buy a Land Rover, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a Land Cruiser. And if you can, get me a Toyota Helix. So you can mount a Dushki machine gun on the back of it. No, I'll just steal one of the M2s the Coast Guard's got laying around. Oh my god. You just you haul a trailer with the Coast Guard dinghy on the back. <laughs> I didn't just I didn't steal this, spray paint it on the side. <laughs> <laughs> so Gary, well, there's your technical. <laughs> we need a technical. It's also a boat. All right, so that's a future episode. Um, so Gary was driving 
his Land Rover Defendo, uh, Defender, <laughs> Land, Land Rover Defendo. <laughs> Change, I'm changing the name of the group chat. <laughs> my, my old man's uh, Land Rover Defendo. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> so yes, he was driving the Land Rover Defender with the trailer, with the Renault Savannah. He was going westbound, on eastbound, excuse me. Uh, he was going towards Hull on the M62, right? And on February 28th, 2001. And near the town of Great Heck, he had an oopsie-doopsie. <laughs> what you don't want to have. I'm yeah. sure he was fully awake, though, and he'd been doing nothing at all that could possibly have resulted in him not being fully awake. Ah, as you as it happens, no. He oh. <laughs> he was driving at six twelve in the morning, forty three minutes from su- before sunrise, and he had stayed up late the previous night talking to a woman he met on an online dating site in two thousand one. Oh boy, uh, that's yeah. that's some dark, Aesthetic. dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> somebody is dark. getting their ass literally cut off and fed to them. <laughs> that is what's happening here. Good for yeah. him. Good for him. Dark, yeah. dark satanic uh, dating sites. Yes. Um. So he was driving at six twelve a.m. after having stayed up late, and he dozed Sexting. off. Sexting. Yeah. Yeah, and he went off the M sixty two. He went down the embankment and he kept going until a car landed on the tracks here. On- yeah, and he missed he missed like a guardrail by like thirty feet. Like yeah. the start of the guardrail was like thirty feet past where he went off uh the motorway. Yeah, and he landed on the tracks on the East Coast main line, right? Right. So he was I think he it's was going. Least- yeah, so it feels like this is a downhill story. So he now he's on the railroad. I'm not sure if he, he maybe he was going the other way. I I can't tell anything because all y'all drive backwards. <laughs> yeah, we we drive backwards, and also like all of the names are made up. Like yeah. great hack, often nervous. Is Britain real? No, no, not actually real. Uh, several countries that were forced to come together. Um, That's putting it mildly. <laughs> so now, once he got on the on the rail, once he was on the railway, he woke up. Uh, he tried to reverse off the railroad tracks. He realized he couldn't do it. The Land Rover Defender apparently does not have that much ground clearance. Just turn the diff lock on. <laughs> <laughs> so he telephoned the emergency services and got out of the car. And the 445 Newcastle, the King's Cross train immediately plowed into the Land Rover after he got out at about 125 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> it hits the, the driving van trailer was going at the front of the train. So that hits first. Uh, it's very light. So, of course, it climbs over the Land Rover and the Land Rover, half the Land Rover gets wedged underneath the train carried along with it. Um, it derails the front bogey. You know, that's the front pair of wheels, front pair of axles. Uh, the momentum, of course, carries the train forward regardless, uh, largely along the tracks, right? Nothing, nothing too bad is happening yet, right? The driver... Is the worst. Oh, it's mm-hmm. the worst thing. 
literally would have just stayed entirely upright and fine. Mm-hmm. Two people have been yeah, badly however. frightened so far, yes. is what's yeah. happened. And a guy is out half of a Land Rover. Yes. <laughs> Still at the front half. Um, <laughs> Ooh, you, baby. You, he was on the phone to the cops at the time, by the way, and like um, the the uh, like nine 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 operator was like, uh, "Why is this guy just said fucking hell a couple of times?" And it's like, "Oh, because the train has destroyed his car." <clears throat> yes. All right. So the driver hits the emergency brakes, and <laughs> then stuff starts to happen. All right. So I hate when stuff starts to happen, as I mentioned, M sixty two is up here. Train is going this way, hits the car, continues to go southwards, right? Um, now, as it goes southwards, it eventually hits, you see this company here called Plasmore, right? Oh, um, that sounds nefarious. They make concrete. Yeah, they make uh, precast concrete, right? You know, that's whatever, precast concrete, you know, maybe you... Yeah, but uh, it sounds like a she villain. <laughs> <laughs> So if you've ever done uh, train travel in the United States, um, you'll know that like there's a lot of industrial customers on the side of like the Northeast Corridor, but usually what we do here is you have an extra track on the side that the freight trains use so that you know they, they, can, they can maintain their track to their own shitty standards and um, <laughs> you know the uh, mainline trains can still go quickly. What they've figured out in other countries is that actually you can just use good switches everywhere and you don't need <laughs> as many tracks, right? Which is how the East Coast main line works, right? But as a result of this, of course, um, when the train continues down the track, the front bogey derailed, it hits this switch down here, and then suddenly the driving van trailer is diverted sideways, right? Yeah. And as as we've talked about in terms of crashworthiness, ever since like the first like the Mark One coaches, we've been building to a head-on collision. It takes yeah. us much yeah. longer to build to uh, forces in weird directions. And to be honest, you, you basically can't build for them because at 125 miles an hour, uh, you're talking about energies of like you're talking about gigajoules of energy that you have to dissipate. Uh, it's so, a big airbag all like all over the thing. It's fine, like that yeah. Russian explosive armor they put on tanks. <laughs> it just like preemptively destroys the Land Rover with an RPG. Yeah, <laughs> just mounting phalanx systems on trains. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the sound of the GTA tank firing motive power. Now that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, we're doing Project Orion, but for trains. <laughs> so yeah so it, it's going down 125 miles an hour it hits the switch it's diverted sideways now this still might not have been so bad except there was a, a, a coal train coming the opposite direction at about 60 miles an hour at the same time yeah, and what the what the drivers of the coal train describe, or the surviving driver, I should say, is you're just like you're you're traveling along as normal, and then you have a sideways um like locomotive, or in this case, driving van trailer, just filling the windscreen. 
Oh no, no, thank you. Yeah, just just like coming towards you, like broadside. Yeah, you suddenly suddenly get a face full of train. Yeah. <laughs> so, the the train catches the switch. You can sort of see here how like there's flange marks on the ties where it hit. It got shoved over this way. This is in Figure Six here. Um, just rammed into a class 66 coming the opposite direction. Um, there's a combined impact speed of 142 miles an hour because the passenger train was going 88 miles an hour. The coal train was going 54. Um, and 142 miles an hour is a not, not a speed you want to come to a sudden stop. No. Yeah. Putting it mildly. So yeah, yeah. I, all hell breaks loose, right? And the passenger cars pile up on top of each other. They overturn. The driving van trailer is essentially destroyed, rendered un unto its constituent atoms. Um, the cold train locomotive, the Class 66, flies off its bogies, winds up on a ditch next to the tracks. It's, uh, you know, it's a train wreck, right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. You can see... Uh, I mean, yeah. The DVT, I don't know if there's any better word than utterly eviscerated. Uh, so the cab, we were talking about that cab structure, which mm -hmm. it did have. Uh, Alice, you did point out cab structure is good, except that the entire cab structure, essentially as a single piece, was shot off the train by the collision with the 66 and landed elsewhere. Mm. Just inadvertently, yep. you've, you've crafted a sort of ejection capsule that does not contain any of the stuff that you want to eject. I was about to say, yeah, mm -hmm. it seems to have not quite uh, protected the driver, who of course died. Um, yeah, like extremely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's real bad. And I mean, you can <sighs> you can see it just like it, it. Perverse to say that it could have been worse, right? But the the way it kind of clips the side of the Class 66, and it just, like, takes out a corner of it, rather than, like, head-on. I was about it's to like, say, this thing seems to have fared pretty well. Um, <laughs> I suppose, yeah, the, the DVT, I mean, it's one of those things, the DVT being as disintegrated as it was, absorbed a hell of a lot of energy out of the collision. So oh, actually yeah. did reduce the impact on the following coaches. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things like as it so it's one of those things every so every whenever I do a design, I'm doing designs for trains passing you know with a closing speed of two hundred and fifty miles an hour and in and you know a distance of ten centimeters of you know like four inches is fine. That's fine. Trains pass each other with that clearance hundreds of times a day uh in the UK. And it's just like th th this pile of, of, you know, happen all of the circumstances lining up in this one. It's just, it's still, you know, I read this report again before this and I know this accident very well. And it doesn't make it any less like, oh, that everything just lined up. The position of that bridge as well, there was a bridge right over the point where they collided, which then did smashy on other coaches, rip roofs off and things as well. Just everything lined up wrong. Bad. Yep. Couple more pictures here. You can sort of see how you know the class ninety one came down, uh, and you can see the driving van trailer is a pile of nothing. Uh, one of the coaches managed to go further than the driving van trailer. Yeah, yeah, just kind of being. Um, <laughs> it's like that fantasy of being thrown clear of the accident, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, ricocheted out actually. It like flung out. I think it did like a pirouette essentially and flew out of the of the wreckage. Because that's the one that was immediately behind the DVT. Jesus. So ten people were killed basically instantly, including both drivers, uh, the guard on the inner city two two five, the chef in the restaurant car got fucked up by commercial ki- kitchen equipment. Oh no! Um, no. Yeah. Jesus, no, no. Yeah, you don't want that stuff to be moving at high speed suddenly. Um, Although, interestingly, not because uh, the the Coltrane had two drivers, and one of them, uh, one of them survived just by virtue of being on the opposite side of the cab. Yeah, like that's, uh, that's why was, I mentioned uh, the kind of the guy who survived was teaching the guy who died a new route. Ooh. It was his first fuck. day on the job. <laughs> That's fuck that, man. Grim. Yeah. If you want to, yeah. His so his son is now driving the same train, the same type of train. I didn't know uh, that I would want I, to do I, that. I was just thinking that. I was just like, I suppose that's very noble and the sort of like. I hate to say the show must go on because that sounds dismissive, but I I hope you know sort of what I'm getting at. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, you know, all these things have to happen, but. I just yeah I don't I don't think I would have the stomach uh, to pull that off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all all credit to to Jimmy Dunn, who is currently driving Freightliner sixty sixes around. Yeah, potentially yeah. on the same stretch of track. That's um that's quite something. And it's also I think possibly his wife or maybe the 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 do- certainly the daughter in law of the driver of the of the class sixty six is also driving trains. So um yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my, a lot more mental and physical fortitude, I think, that I would ever have. My my father yeah, drove also, a train, and his father yeah. drove a train. His <laughs> father drove a train what a before small him. Small industry it is, right? You know? Yeah, like that. That kind of like makes it worse in some ways because just yeah. by virtue of like everybody knows everybody. Um, that's. Uh, well, it really is true. Like, so there were engineers. So there were engineers in this. Tra- I know people who are on this train. Um, some of them with metal plates in their face. Some of them with, you know, like this was, this was a he- like. So this for I, I didn't realize I didn't say that. This is really close to where I live. This is just south of York, right? This is you know about fifty miles, sixty miles south of York or something like that. Um, and uh, and so and York was like the ha- York is basically the HQ of the East Coast Main Line. So everyone working in York now has some knowledge of or know someone or was or was on that train um there was the lead engineer for the electrification of the east coast mainline was in this train and he ended up being shot from one end of one of the coaches to the other in a, in a different seat on the other side of the aisle facing the other way um someone else who was a network who was an engineer ended up in a field uh but also okay um yeah it's just it really, yeah, it's, you talk about the railway family and how like it really does feel like this. This one is like everyone knows someone who is involved in it. It's uh, yeah. I think one of the things we sort of talk about on this show is 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 the sort of I think people is sort of the the split seconds. You know, there's there's a certain tragedy, obviously in the uh, you know stuff like um, Bhopal where everything's over sort of in 20 minutes but like when you're talking about differences between life and death literally of several inches those are the ones that always just kind of hurt like just hard to talk about right because you're just like i i feel like in all of these someone's going to carry some survivor's guilt 
Mm. But like in this one, especially when you're talking about literally like if I had been sitting over there. Yeah, it makes the randomness that much more obvious, doesn't it? Right, right, exactly. And that's just a very sort of cruel reality just because like this guy was driving when he should not have been, clearly. And like we talk about that sort of all the time. I mean, you know, I, uh, my, my, my girlfriend, um, and her sister, uh, a couple of years ago, when we had just started dating where, you know, she, she tells the story where she was leaving a parking garage in Atlantic city after having gotten dinner with her family and she was going to pay, um, with her card and the attendant, like in a good mood apparently that day waved her through was like oh don't worry about it like i like your card like have a good day and then seconds after that uh she was taking a right onto a one-way which she was supposed to do and this drunk driver coming the other way slammed into them very nearly could have killed them i mean the guy was shitty drunk um you know so special fuck you to the atlantic city police department for not doing your jobs um, and it's, it's a matter of like, you know, the, 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 the coincidence that like, had they paid for parking that probably that event would just not have happened. And like all these little sort of the way things line up sort of perfectly or perfectly badly always just, I mean, it scares the shit out of me because it's one thing to be Bhopal where it's sort of just a matter of time, but then you get to these things where it appears to just sort of be sheer randomness. Uh, it's the just French, it's utterly uh, terrifying it wouldn't have happened the French opened so early that it like it would have just you'd have had a very different you know that there'd, there'd have been a derailed upright train with no one dead yeah had that train been running on time you right. know the on time and, and that's like minutes it, yeah it, it's interesting not to skip ahead but the driver this the this sexting guy um one of the things that he said when he got out of jail for this was um that he thought it was like it was fate right it, it happened for a reason and it's very easy to kind of like to scoff at that right but i think that's the only way that you can like be that guy and not go completely insane right like I mean, yeah but like at the same time and i and i understand that like everybody suffers in these sorts of things it's kind of like that's that's real easy for you to say yeah well, he's he's still he gets he he gets to be around to say it, right? That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like that's that's all nice and good, but like, you know, it it. I think this is sort of one of the things that I was talking about actually earlier. It sort of reflects it. It's like when we talk about these tragedies, especially like Bhopal or, or even the bridge collapse. It's like you like in this case, you can be mad at that individual. We should also be mad at the fact that like this this guy was even sort of allowed to do that and like Mm -hmm. there weren't proper protections in place for innocent people who are just trying to fucking go to work yeah well like we we were talking about this when we were when we were setting out to to make this episode was what's the what's the structural issue here what's the structural lesson to draw from this because we don't want to just say the thing that the newspapers say which is you know it's a right. it's a one in a million accident so for, it's probably not because sort of shit happens all the time people yeah, are yeah. driving distracted all the time today fucking literally today we were i was driving home with my girlfriend and uh she was going to make a left turn and this guy in a lifted f-150 because of course it is starts to pull left in front of her and like it, no it wouldn't have been fatal but like you because he was just on his, he just wasn't paying any attention. And I'm yeah. like, you're driving 
a, a vehicle literally the size of like multiple sedans. Like this is, <laughs> in, this is insane. And like the fact that, you know, even with pickups, like the fact that you're fucking allowed to drive one of those where you can't see a toddler over the hood mm-hmm. is, is, is just bizarre. Yeah, well, this and, is, this is yeah. what we were saying is that like the, it's not that there's no structural lesson here. It's that it's, there is some ideology going on here, right? In yes, that, yes. It, the reason the reason why this is random, why this is a freak accident, right, is because the actual structural thing of we just kind of let any asshole just drive around in two yeah. tons of car. Yeah. Yes, um, it, it is like that's so ingrained that it's we, we we're not going to confront. And it's an attack that. on your freedom if you're not allowed to do it. Never mind the fact that it's not enshrined anywhere. You're not legally. You know, no, you, you no can second have passed, like for owning a, a, a desultory <laughs> test, like a couple of like decades before, yes. and be half awake, and no, nobody's like, there's no enforcement mechanism to stop you. And you right. compare that with the like the level of training and the level of like oversight that's required to say drive a train, right? Um, and you know, it's it, it's night and day. And I, I think that's that's the other lesson here. That's the other thing that I wanted to pick out of this is that like we talk a lot about about like about safety measures. Uh, I'm minded particularly of uh, on the Lake Pena episode. We talked about how safety measures in that case kind of just worked. Uh, this is kind of a corollary to that, and that's that um, it's risk management rather than risk elimination, mm. right? right. Um, yeah, sorry. We, we we accept so much destruction and death from from people driving. Like two thousand yes. people a year die in the UK on a, like as a result of a car crash, and twenty five thousand get seriously injured every year. Yeah, it's, like, uh, thirty thousand dead we, we were, a year in the United States. It, yeah, yeah. Exactly. they're not kidding about car bad. Is the thing, no, and I I think that's that's sort of it. Is it like you know, and and I understand that like I am. I am a person who has driven like an asshole in the past, and I try to do that on roads where nobody is, but like, you know, I'm not going to excuse my own behavior here. I, I would say that like, you know, in Pennsylvania, you don't need, as far as I know, to like uh, uh, ever like pass another test when you get to be like, say, 60 years old. And my dad, thank God, uh, you know, sort of gave it up and realized that he shouldn't be driving. But, you know, my my mother's mother before she died sort of never did. And she was 92 years old. And it's just like your body physically cannot react fast enough to the things that are going to be happening to you. Like, yeah. I, I can promise you they, they won't be. And we talk about, you know, old people on the road or whatever. But I, I think that's it is there's sort of there's just no meaningful sort of way to enforce this sort of thing, because you know, you're going to be, oh, pre-crime cops from Minority Report or whatever. But it's like, no, maybe we just shouldn't accept that, like, 30,000 people in the country need to die every year because yeah. we have to drive trucks fucking everywhere in the as, United States. As, as we have seen, the cops just kind of don't work um, yeah, exactly. as a policy. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't fucking do anything for my girlfriend. Yep. Like, the firefighters did. Shout out to the firefighters. Yes. But, like... This is literally your your one fucking job, and you and you can't even be bothered to do that. Yeah, well, a, a DUI is what a misdemeanor in most states. Well, it depends. There's, I mean, I know people who had uh, four DUIs and kept, and then they were allowed to get their license back. And like, I'm sorry, but after like DUI <laughs> DUI number three, like maybe you should just be legally prohibited from ever owning a car again. 
Like, because clearly, you know, I understand addiction, whatever, but like, no, at some point you're just an asshole. Mm. I mean, I haven't driven a car in five or six years now. But you I'm could if you chose to. I, 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 no I, one yeah, could do exactly. anything about it. Like if I just got in a car, like no one could do anything about it. Um, I tried to do that with you one time and then this, what happened? <laughs> I forgot which one was the gas pedal. Uh, i mean the the other thing that i i I wanted to draw out of this the like i guess safety management lesson is that the extent to which the railways did everything right and And still sort of didn't matter exactly exactly like there is not really an identifiable failure on the railways part other than maybe like slightly older coaches than you would want but even then it's not still, having a phalanx system on the train yeah no yeah. not having uh a, some kind of fucking uh like railgun system mounted forward to absolutely atomize anything that gets on the track yes but barring that you know what what the fuck else were they gonna do it's, it's interesting. So this is a question that I pose to when I, when I do my lecturing. I, I say, like, I, I look at after nerve it and this, and you're like, well, what happened? What what could we do? What could the railway have done differently? And when you're building a new railway line, for example, you don't put uh, switches and crossings. So the thing that diverted the DDT into the path of the freight train, we don't, you don't put those near bridges just in case. You don't put them near level crossings just in case. But that's like you can't go around the whole country and change that overnight. It's something that you, you manage, you, you, you mitigate those risks. But actually, the railway wasn't doing anything wrong. Uh, you know, it, as you say, it's just, it's just a horrible lining up of all the holes in the Swiss cheese, right? Mm. And I guess the lesson is that there's always going to be that, that uh, the fucking, like, nature of entropy, this agent of chaos in the person of, like, a guy who's been up too late sexting, uh, <laughs> is, like, yes. driving, to, is driving towards you in a Land Rover Defender to absolutely ruin your fucking day sometimes. And, um, I need to finish the st- statistics here. 52 severely injured, mostly in the first-class cars near the front of the train. Uh, 82 people were sent to the hospital of 99 total passengers and crew. Like you said again, how many? 82 of 99 were sent to the hospital. And the wreck had to be decontaminated before it was removed because of foot and mouth disease. Anyone remember that? Um, Mm. Don't feed cows to other cows. No. All right, Gareth has sent us more pictures. I did do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to say really. These are straight. These are out of the interim report, so they're pictures that kind of show what's going on. Uh, he's got most of his land over uh, there. Actually, I was about yeah. to say you got everything but the part that makes it go. The um the police, by the way, reconstructed it um out of all of the various like atoms that it had been smashed into, uh, in order to establish that there hadn't been like some kind of technical fault, like with his brakes or something. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Just, I was about to say, why the hell did they do that? But yeah, that's right. Because it was because the defense were like, oh, there was a fault with the brakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so oh. and so they had to do fucking like aircraft reconstruction on an SUV um, that had just been absolutely destroyed. Would have gotten away with it if he was dri- driving his French car that probably has like wooden <laughs> brakes or something <laughs> like that. You know, wooden brakes with peanut oil. Um, 
you can see this picture. You can see um, where the cars. Come, you can see where the defenders come off, and you can see where the start of the proper barrier is. Mm. Wow, it's absolutely bob on. You can just see it's like snicked it. It's just like knocked it, but not actually. Ah, uh, yeah, thirty feet. Did you say Al? Yeah, I Al? think so. Yeah, and it gives you like a little shiver, huh? Yeah, and then yeah, so five hundred or six hundred meters later, you get this lot. It just yeah. Oh. oh my god, that's that's people's houses right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I remember. Um, like, I, people got woken up to find the uh, the class sixty six locomotive just in their back garden. Um, yeah, they're 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 bego- they're petunias, absolutely eviscerated by it. <laughs> All right, this is mine now. Castle Doctrine. Yeah, talk about a garden railway. Yes. <laughs> I don't know where the hell I'm going to put it, but it's here. And they got a lot of free coal, right? Yeah. A bunch of free coal yeah. and a camping coach. Yeah. Oof. I mean, what can you say? It's just such a mess, isn't it? Yeah. It is a big yeah, mess. Putting it mildly. It has not gone well. Nope. It's just, I mean, yeah, the forces involved, this thing happened in, in what, the best part of maybe three and a half seconds, like from the point at which the DVT was deflected to one side. So that, like, the whole thing happened in, in, in about the t- amount of time it takes to exhale a breath, and there's just a load of steel in a pile. Here's, mm. here's an interesting one. So after the Amtrak derailment at, um, Frankfurt Junction in 2013, where again it was mostly first or business class passengers who got the brunt of the accident. They start they put the business class car in the back of the train. <laughs> is, is, Crikey! Is is that something which has happened? Is, is, have they done that over on your well, side? <laughs> so the reason first class is at one end of the trains in the UK, uh, out, coming out of King's Cross, which is the terminus, you know, the Harry Potter station, the terminus mm-hmm. of the East Coast Main Line, um, uh, is and people might correct me on this, is because first class is closer to the to where you arrive on the platform, so you don't have to walk as far. Ah. Uh, which obviously doesn't work at in, at the Edinburgh end, um, and also it gets screwed up when they do a loop de loop in Newcastle sometimes when there's disruption. But broadly, that's the point. No, oh, we just have to like make the class character of this explicit by just making the uh, the lower paying passengers the crumple zone. I that's what Amtrak does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what isn't they've that, explicitly it's, done. It's, maybe it's a wider thing then, because isn't it in Cassandra Crossing that that famous uh, railway smash film where uh, all the first class passengers are the ones who go off the bridge? Right. If you haven't watched that film, you really mm. need to watch that film. Burt Lancaster is in it as a person from the World Health Organization. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get a first class car pretty beat up right here. And this is where you see this. So this this is the one that was at the front. Oh, and this right. is where you yeah, see this actually is M. fair play to the coach. It's survived. I mean, that's that's a class 66 it's smashed against there. And it's not done too badly out of it. Doug, some of the glass is still intact. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh yes, yeah, so this is another picture from the from the the switch where you can see the the flange lines. Yeah, Justin, I think you put that picture up, and and you can see. So actually, the, the, just at this point, if the freight train hadn't been coming, the train would have probably been deflected back into the back facing the right way again by the opposite track, and it probably would have continued rolling for another three four hundred meters 
without anyone coming to harm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just, that just didn't happen. Um, uh, this happened instead. Yes. Yeah, and you can mm. see the 66 there in somebody's back garden with the, um, with the cab like protruding out onto the lion. I like the big white gate over the track yeah. heading into the precast place. Um, it's like, a, yeah, it's like people who have a really big gate in their garden and, and, and you know, like a tiny hedge that you can basically walk through with well around it. Exactly. That's the energy I'm just here to discourage you. <laughs> don't, don't drive a train in here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I put this one in as well. So I, I don't want to be too morbid about this, but I, I think it's worth, we were talking about fire fire crews earlier. I think you can see this one is just a guy, the guy at the bottom right-hand corner just looks like, and he looks like he's being consoled by the guy in the middle. Mm. And I, I can't, so what was a train has been converted to basically a pile of twisted metal. And these people are the ones you have to come in and try and work out what's a human in amongst it. It's just, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so um, kudos to to these people. All right. So this is the slide where I was going to say we should have the discussion we just had several oh, slides yeah. ago. Wait, I I, I yeah. fucked up the slide order. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's my fault. I threw too many slides out of the report <laughs> at you. Ah. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Why, why do people think that having millions of people with two tons and no way of controlling it other than holding a round thing is a good idea. It just feels like a bad idea to me. Mm -hmm. Personal responsibility. Don't we love it, mm -hmm. folks? I was about to say, we all love personal responsibility. Um, yep. anyone, so anyone, everyone is qualified to drive. Well, listen, that driver automobile. went to jail for, I, I don't know, I think it was like five years. So, you know, justice, justice was done and was seen to be done, and everything is fine now. Yes, nothing bad will happen ever again. There's no way to, like, assign blame to that one person. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, he can probably get his license back by now. Probably. Yeah, that's true. It's not, even, it's not even like a huge invasion of personal liberty would happen if we just tighten things up a bit. You know, like, I don't know, a test every ten years. Or maybe go go full Finland, right? And, and yeah, make it the Finns have the only sensible... No. Yeah, you have to pass to a here. series of rally special stages and the yes. test. <laughs> Hope you yeah. brought a sob, buddy. <laughs> oh wow, they don't have those anymore, so no one can in Finland can drive anymore. That's oh, a shame. <laughs> These things are always dramatic. What would be nice is if the if the news reported on car crashes in the same way they reported on train crashes, right? Yeah, although instead you get the same thing happening in the opposite direction, where you just get normalization of stuff that should never be normalized. Happens with mass shootings, you know, where it just yeah. kind of t becomes like weather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like it's it, you know, the only thing that that happens is like it's a, like a blip on the radar, unless it's like whatever a forty car pileup, and it's just like we shouldn't fucking get to a point where there are forty car pileups. Yeah. And I mean, I, I suppose, yeah, even as we acknowledge that, like, personal responsibility is kind of this fake thing anyway, and there's only really materialism and, like, random chance and so on and so forth, I should say, generally speaking, a lot of car accidents 
happen because of people who know better choosing to disregard that better That's exactly judgment. Right. That's exactly right. Um, people who like think, okay, well, I know I'm tired, right? Uh, I know I'm too tired to drive, but I think I can probably get away with it. And I, I would say, <laughs> I don't think that's this, a mentality. I think I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm only going. Take this as a salutary lesson of, okay, yeah, maybe, but equally, but, but very much maybe not. Yeah, ma- ma- equally, <laughs> equally maybe not. Equally, maybe you're watching this happen, and you know, you just have to deal with that. People have, I still have people who think that traveling by train, and maybe this is even worse in the in North America, right? Because yes. the programs <laughs> where a freight train bursts into flames and and uh, eviscerates a town, they, those programs are popular, right? Um, but rail is still globally, even in North America, is still the safest way to travel on land, mm-hmm. like by a long shot. Safer than walking, by the way. Yeah. Thousand times more likely. It's like it's like those are the numbers. You're like a thousand times more likely to to suffer something happen to you on the walk to the station than you are once you're in the train. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, one of my uh, favorite little statistical things is that um, you can actually measure this. Drunk walking is uh, almost as dangerous as drunk driving for you. Uh, yes, that sounds about it, right. It's true, though. Like, yeah, yeah. No, but um, yeah. I I kind of understand that. It's the same reason people get scared of flying. It's like because we have this idea of like personal responsibility and personal autonomy baked into like our society so deeply. You're just like, I don't want to give up that control. Like some faceless guy way up front who like, yeah, okay. Theoretically, I'm aware that he's like passed a bunch of tests and like training and stuff, but like. Like, is it not me? I can't vouch for all of that. So you know what the fuck, right? Uh, I guess the point is like you know, cars murder more people than any other kind of transportation system out there. Um, and this is something which is not going to be fixed by like electric cars or something like that. Um, you know, what about autonomous cars? They're not real. No, not real. No, autonomous cars are not real. No, no. At me so much, telling me that they are real. No, 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 no. no autonomous <laughs> cars are not real. No. Free your it's mind, paperwork. Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> They're like birds. <laughs> They're not real. <laughs> autonomous vehicles will solve our problems. <laughs> <sighs> then we can have seventy-five yeah, get, cars. Get in the pod. <laughs> 73 cars going through an intersection all at once from four different directions, killing 73 pedestrians each. <laughs> yeah, l- listen, if if you like driving on paved roads on rubber tires that much, get a bus. <laughs> I am working on it. Alright, that'd be nice. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the GTI limo bus, are you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Vmaxing the Metroliner. <laughs> All right, I put a slide in here for Gareth because I know he likes this. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry everyone. Yeah, this. So this was going to be me saying this is what I'm supposed to do with my day job is this stuff, which is make this is this is the most beautiful bit of railway track in the UK. Uh, look at it. Where is it? Just, this is, uh, this is just south of York. This is uh, the first 125 mile an hour switch installed in the UK Ooh. Uh, back in, for the Selby diversion back in the early 80s. And for me, it's like hope. It's like people, even back then when the treasury was still a nutter uh, and didn't spend money on anything and, you know, Thatcher, uh, they had a bit of, they, you know, they could create nice things with a bit of, you know, foresight. 
you know, this is still doing exactly what it needs to. It's not, it's not at capacity yet. It's great. Uh, but also this is making this stuff is my day job for anyone who's like, what the hell does that guy actually do? <laughs> the concept of a 125 uh, mile an hour switch is mind boggling to me in America where it's oh, like, yeah. we'll have like a 125 mile an hour railroad, but make you slow down for 45 miles an hour to switch tracks <laughs> for some stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be 140 mile an hour turnouts on HS2. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean those are long. Oh, too bad. Too bad. XR is going to get you first. Sorry, <laughs> Gareth. I'm going to stand in front of the uh, stand in front of the tunnel boring machine. No progress. No progress. Everything <laughs> must remain the same. <laughs> well, isn't there like whole like thing that they think they should just upgrade the West Coast Main Line, despite the fact that it would require more construction and be more disruptive? Yeah, yeah. Like, like we also did that, and it cost like the best part of fifteen billion quid, and it and it and it's already full again. And it's you'd have to do that on the East Coast Main Line here too, and also the Middle Main Line, which is imaginatively the one in the middle of the East and West Coast. Uh, all of those, you'd have to upgrade them all, and it would take probably forty years. Hmm. Uh, so that's fine. just in time for like uh, both of the coastal ones to sink into the fucking ocean. <laughs> <laughs> What's the yeah. difference between the Midland Main Line and the Great Central Main Line? Oh well, <laughs> one of them was built by the the Midland Railway Company, and the other was built by the. Uh, actually, it wasn't built by the Great Central uh, Railway because they didn't exist. It was built by the something in Leicestershire and something or other and something other joint line. It was like one of those railway companies that has about twenty words. Um, uh. <laughs> no, the Great Central was 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 built in the late eighteen hundreds, like the eighteen nineties. Uh, it was all right, but uh, then we ripped it up because you know uh, Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not a high speed. It's not actually that. People say it's a high speed line. It's a lot less straight than the East Coast Main Line that we're seeing here in this picture. Um, it's actually pretty weavy. But you know, people, it's nostalgists. They, they, the people who shout about beaching and say we want to reverse beaching, but they don't actually know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, that, this talking is good because it means that we keep this slide up for a really long time and inflict it on all of your viewers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enjoy that, viewers. So look at it. Look, look at, at it. it. Look, look, look at the nice, look at the nice uh, turnouts here. Yes. You, this, there's a footbridge that's right. So this photo, I took this on my phone right on the footbridge, uh, which uh, you can get to. It's fine. It's publicly accessible. I'd recommend it. It's my happy place. You might see me there just like looking at trains uh, alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do we, do we approach you or are you kind of like a wild animal? <laughs> Where are you white carnation in my lapel? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, no it, it's safe. It's, it's okay. I, I once had a nerd off. I, 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 we went for a picnic there with some friends and there was another nerd who was like, every now and then we were just looking for trains with a, with a two-year-old kid and the kid was waving. And, uh, and the guy would be like, in six minutes... The train to, you know, uh, Leeds is going to be going on that track. And we're like, okay, okay, okay thank you. Thanks, bud. I, I, I felt out nerded, and, and it, it actually felt good, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What would this be? I'm now thinking, like, what, what kind of turnout would this be in HO scale? Like, I'm thinking, like, this must be, like, 23 <laughs> feet long in HO scale. Oh, see, I, 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 I 3D printed a two-scale uh dub like ohho turnout 
and not even 125 mile an hour one, like a, a 90 mile an hour one, which is the fastest that we have on the kind of the, the normal railway. Um, and it, it's, it's hilariously long. <laughs> like it was about, I think it was about a meter and a half long. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, sorry to everyone who buys like fine scale uh, turnouts and they think they've got a really accurate one and it's about, you know, four inches long. Uh, nope. Guess again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on this show, we now have a segment called Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. Oh my. Wherein our viewers send in stories about unsafe workplaces they've been in or unsafe situations which they could not um, remedy through personal responsibility, right? <laughs> because I hate my grow. Um, so what I've uh, decided to include today is what our, um, what the person who submitted this called the FedEx squishing incident. Okay. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so this person decided to apply for a FedEx job um, because there was a large demand for labor right around Christmas time, right? Um, and it's an overnight job, so they could split a car uh, with their mom, right? And it was going to be $19 an hour bonus pay. Uh, so they showed up day one for onboarding and safety training, right? Um, and the HR person who was doing safety training kept complaining they were shoving three days of training into one session to I make up for the Christmas rush, right? Um, and they also I didn't foresee consequences of that. Yeah, they also didn't tell anyone that they expected them to come into work later that day for work. Um, until after they did the training. <laughs> 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 so they did the training during the day and expected everyone to show up at midnight, right? Awesome. <clears throat> so night one, I showed up for my first real shift at midnight. The plant manager didn't know where to put me and the other new hires, so we went into a back room and told us which lines to go help out. I went to my assigned line with one other new hire that was in my training class. The line manager complained that we were late. Um, <laughs> I was assigned to splitting the line. What that entailed was reading the boxes that came off the main sorting machine and putting the odd-numbered boxes on one side of the belt and even-numbered ones on the other side, right? M you know, my job was to be a small part in Factorio. <laughs> <laughs> one of my coworkers said I was useless out of the blue. During the break, I had to go out and cry in my car from that comment. Uh, Who knew FedEx had hazing? I was about to say, yeah. It's like joining the fucking Marines, Jesus Christ. This person's been at the job for 34 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just a guy in like, like, I'm just picturing like a guy in like the UPS brown uniform doing full drill instructor shit. <laughs> oh, no, like UPS, UPS is unionized, FedEx is not. Yeah, there you go. FedEx. Yeah. So after break, I came back in. The sorting was done, so I was doing odd jobs till 10 a.m. I wasn't told that break was at the end of the shift and that staying to help the morning shift was optional until after I did that work for the morning shift managers. At least I was making 19 an hour bonus pay. 
uh, uh, night two. It was upstate New York, December. It was below zero, and any patch of out- exposed skin hurt while outside. Uh, on the way to the guard post to the main facility, I slipped on a patch of ice and hurt my elbow. But I got in, I made it to my line on time, right? Every shift started with a stretch to avoid injury. Oh, boy. My, my line manager just half-assed it. Now, <laughs> there were fewer people on the shift than the night before. There were also more packages than the night before. The manager refused to help and just stood there chatting with the manager from the next line over. When I asked if I could get more help, he said, You're the help. Cool. <laughs> All employees were told they had the authority to stop the belt if they felt their or other safety was at risk. We had so many packages that I was getting buried at my post. Packages that were falling off the line were surrounding me on the platform I was standing on, so I didn't have a clear line to the staircase I was supposed to use to get on and off the platform. <laughs> on top of oh, that, yeah. people were placing missorted packages from, be- from other lines on the ground behind where I was standing on the platform, so I couldn't step off. <laughs> Whenever the pile got too big for me to feel safe, stepping over in an emergency and there were still too many boxes coming in for me to sort properly, I would stop the line to clear my workplace. My manager told me to stop stopping the line and get back to work. Oh, God. Continue to work under this pile of boxes. (laughs) Yeah, like boxes of multi-pack floppy disks and flipping, I don't know, Oh, is that a Barbie set that we've got in the sketch there? No, that's a barbell set. Oh, right. I mean, that <laughs> would work. Night three, it started off just like night two. We had even fewer employees on my line, but it was two nights before Christmas and we were behind, so there weren't any fewer boxes. My line manager wasn't letting me stop the line to clear my workplace, so I was only able to stand in one place, and during one or two breaks in the box flow, I was able to clear some... Not enough to get off the platform safely, but some boxes in case of an emergency. And guess what happened? Emergency. An emergency. emergency. Oh, uh, we see that coming. There's a side conveyor belt that dudes with little trucks load boxes that are too heavy to go on the main sorting machine onto your line to sort, right? So, like this guy here, right? Mm hmm. The conveyor belts had a lot of grip. That's the main belt here, which I think is one of these guys here, right? And so the main belt would drag boxes along, uh, even if only a part of the box was touching it. There were no guards preventing the box from moving down the main belt until it was fully on, so we'd get boxes half hanging off the main belt pretty often. Oh god, I don't see where this is going. <laughs> This time, I got a home barbell set hanging off the line and two heavy tires and multiple boxes of dog food. I'm feeling really bad about ordering those barbells, (laughs) tires, and dog food. (laughs) And so they're right here. They got this barbell set here. They got dog food here. And they got two tires right here (laughs) coming down the conveyor belt. Jesus. And then he got more dog food behind it. I see this episode of I Love Lucy. <laughs> I couldn't step aside because of the boxes. 
At first, I thought I would be able to use my hip to add force to the box to help move it, but I just got pinched between the weightlifting set, being forced at me by the conveyor belt and another 200 pounds of other items, and the chute to the side to the side that odd-numbered packages were supposed to be sorted down, right? (laughs) The normal force from my body overcame the friction of the belt, but I couldn't move. And I saw even more Chewy.com boxes coming off the main line towards me. So what a hell of a way to die. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's nice to know that capitalism has not advanced beyond the movie Modern Times. This is literally like that 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 you know like the the old old timey mills where they had those uh weaving mm-hmm. machines that would murder children constantly. Yeah, 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 I get paid pretty well, but I am a cog. No, like literally. I, I am uh I, it, this job will kill me, but I get paid pretty good. <laughs> I've never heard a more perfect description of hell than this. <laughs> so What do I do? I hit the big red stop line button. Makes sense, right? No. After 30 seconds, I was told to turn the line back on before I could move the boxes out of the way. I couldn't lift any of the boxes properly from my pinched position. I forced the heaviest boxes out of the way and turned the line back on. Five minutes later, some other manager who was apparently above the line manager but below the plant manager came down, said she she saw me on the tapes and was really disappointed in my performance. (laughs) (laughs) She then went to, to show me the proper way to sort boxes, which is the same thing I was doing, except she was pushing everything to the odd side when she couldn't keep up with all the boxes because it's less work to carry all the wrongly sorted boxes from the end of the belt back to the beginning to resort than it is to just slow down and sort it properly the first time, right? Awesome. During this time, she was condescendingly talking about kids these days and how many young adults don't have any work ethic. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Oh, Jesus. She then asked me if I was in college. I said yes, and she said, oh, you'll only be here a few more days anyway. I wanted to make this a long-term job, but if that was the attitude she was looking at me with, and the company didn't care about safety, I didn't even want to stick around for the few more days. Well, miss out on getting crushed by another barbell, sir? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And of course, after helping me for ten minutes, she stuck around for a half hour watching me work and making small talk with my line manager and the manager from the next line over. Um, When 6.30 a.m. rolled around and I went on break, I talked to the plant HR director and quit. (laughs) Good Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Join a union. Join join a union. Stop ordering tires off of fucking Amazon. Don't don't order a tire off of Amazon. That's a bizarre concept to me. Like (laughs) you're gonna order a pair of tires. Yeah, you're gonna order a pair of tires, and they're gonna shove it onto a conveyor belt, and it's gonna pin some helpless worker against. (laughs) Against fucking barbell and a sack of dog food. Yeah. Good lord. 
I thought people would have stopped using FedEx after Castaway. <laughs> Getting killed under an avalanche of Wilsons. Bastard. Rum ham. <laughs> I'm sorry, rum ham. <laughs> Oh God! All right. Hell. So yeah. Um. Stop ordering packages. Don't order any packages. Yeah, actually, s- send Go- send us your safety thirds. Tell yes. us about uh times when uh your life was in danger. Uh, working. Cared. Yeah. It's funny because like three quarters of them are like from chemistry people. <laughs> it's all chemical lab stuff. That's, that's promising. I mean, not all about mashed up animals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. To the next episodes on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge disaster. That's right. And remember, yep. only well there's your problem reduces an entire workplace safety briefing to a soup like homogena in thirty seconds. <laughs> Order money back. <laughs> All right. So then we have a commercials before we go. No, I'm all good. Listen to Trash Future. Yes. Uh, thank you. Listen you to, Trash to Trash Future. Yeah. Uh, also, Rail Matter on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. UK time. Yeah, listen to that. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. watch that too. It's on YouTube. Yeah, there's pictures. Uh, it's definitely not a copycat <laughs> format. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't know, watch my YouTube channel. Um, yes. Watch his YouTube channel. Yeah. What, what else? Is there anything else? I don't mm. know. If there's anything else. Nope. Vote for Jessica Rain if you're in Delaware on September 15th. Yeah, do that. Mm. Um, don't have to tell you to vote for Ed Markey anymore. I was about to say, get fucked, fucking Kennedy's <laughs> fucking out of here forever. <laughs> Bullying works. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think we're good then. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.